Amen. Thank you for that, brother. So here we have in Colossians chapter 2, verse 10 through 15, I want to I want to use for a title today. He cut me to keep me. He cut me to keep me. And as we see in this passage, it mentions a lot about cutting away of our sinful nature, performing a spiritual circumcision. And before we get to that, as I thought about this leading into this passage, is that our lives to get to the point where we are now, your life has gone through a lot of ups and downs. If I were to ask you to tell your life story, if I were to ask you to write your own autobiography that we read sometimes, one of the best ones I've read, which wasn't an autobiography, it was a biography. One of the best biographies I ever read was Steve Jobs. It's actually one of, one of the best books I've ever read. It's a very long book. That thing, that book was about the thick as a, that was as thick as an old King James Bible. That thing was long. It took me like a couple of months to read that book. Um, it's one of the best biographies I've ever read. And what I began, what I saw over his life was just the ups and the downs. The highs and the lows, the doors that opened and the doors that were closed, how his family came up, how he was adopted, how he was, how his personality was, as we know a lot of your stories about Steve Jobs, how bad it actually was, how he was really kind of a, he was, he was a hard man to, to work with, but he was a genius. So people put up with it. And you saw through his biography in his life, all these different things that he went through, his start of his company, being fired from Apple and then starting the other and then coming back. And then eventually, unfortunately, um, um, uh, coming up with cancer at a, at a relatively young age and passing. Right. And so we see if, if, I, if I read his book, I see his life. And if we were to do the same for you, we would see that your life consists of many victories and many defeats. Because God's God's way of growing us, God's way of maturing us, God's way of getting us to destiny and getting us to where he wants us to. It really sometimes comes in a lot of unconventional ways. It's not just we are born. We would like to think that we're born and then it's just up from there. And then at five, you have something great in kindergarten. At 12, you have something great in seventh grade. At 18, you graduate high school. At 25, you buy, you know, you get this great job. At 35, you get married. You have seven kids and everything's one. We would love for life to go that. And then you retire, you know, with millions of dollars in the bank. And then you live happily from 65 to 85 playing golf every day. We would love our lives to go that way, right? Most people would anyway. But that's typically not how it goes. It start, it may start for some of us. It may have started bad. It may have started born out of wedlock. It may have started out of a trauma of your, your mother or father. It may have started out of a bad relationship. It may have started out of abuse. And that was the first eight years of your life. For some of us, it may have started great. Two parent home from, from ages, you know, uh, uh, from birth until 17. And then at 17, it, it, it's something crazy that the parents get divorced. And a, a, a situation happens. You have to move to a place that you've never known before after growing up in Virginia all your life or growing up in Cali. You have to move to New York. That's how most of our lives are. But God in his sovereignty, I think my dad mentioned this last week that all things work together, right? All things work together for the good. He uses those unconventional things to bring us to our destined place. And one of the best things he, one of the, the, the most prominent ways that he uses throughout scriptures is, is this cutting, this nature of cutting or Jesus talked a lot about pruning and cutting back and cutting off and what we have to first understand is that before we even deal with the cutting is that Paul establishes something very important here is that we have received first everything that we need in Christ. And so he says, before I start, before the cutting, before the this, before the withdrawing, he says, you have to first know that you are whole. And I had a conversation recently with another guy about this, about he's a, a single guy and not married. And I was saying, man, like one of the things as a single person, you have to first understand is that you're whole. As a single person, 
Your spouse is not coming to complete you. Your spouse is not coming to make you whole, right? Your spouse is coming, hopefully, to compliment you. And you guys, as one, as a team of, as a team of two whole people. Now, how I got way over here, but I'm going over here. As a team of two whole people, we build a life together. But I'm not looking for Archer to complete me, girl. You know, I, if I ain't got you, I'm gonna be toe up now. But she doesn't complete me. Hopefully, I came into this thing whole and saying, girl, I'm whole, I'm healthy, you're whole, and you're healthy. Let's have a whole healthy marriage. Now, this message ain't about marriage, but I feel like I got to wade into the waters here for a second. But that's a, that's a good example, especially for those of you who are single, right? That your first job actually needs to be whole as a single person. I'm actually not looking for my spouse to, before I get, I'm not looking for her to bring something that, no, no, no. Let me be complete and stable first. And so we apply that in the spirit is that the Bible says in verse 10, it says, so you are complete through your union with Christ. You are complete or you are whole or even in verse nine, it talks about how in Christ he has the fullness of the Godhead. And then in verse 10, it says, you also are full because you're connected to Christ. He said that same fullness that rests in Christ, as you connect to him, you receive that same fullness and that same wholeness, right? And so there is nothing missing and nothing lacking in him. And we have to understand this when we come to Christ and we get saved because what, what sometimes happens is that we get saved and we give our lives to Jesus. And then all of a sudden we still look for other things to complete us. We still look for other things to satisfy us, other things to cause us to say, oh, now my life is complete. Like, no, no, no. When you connect with Christ, that is the completion of the thing. And in him, as you walk with him, you now begin to draw out of him and he begins to pour into you, right? There's a back and forth. There's a maturing in this thing. But we have to first know that once I connect with him, as he said on the cross, it is finished. It's already whole from there. And there is nothing outside of him that's actually needed to complete me. And what we tend to do, we look for wholeness. Like I just said, we look for it in a, a spouse. We look for wholeness in other relationships. We look for wholeness and fullness in careers. Even some folks look for it in their kids, right? Trying to live, live through your child. And, and, and if they're not here, you know, what am I going to do? It's like, no, you can't put your entire uh, 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 weight of your life on your child. They didn't ask to be here. You need to have your own stuff dealt with. That way you don't try and pass that same foolishness onto them. And you cannot live. You see these parents living, you know, they got the kids in there. They in football. They in basketball. They in soccer. They going to three things, uh, uh, three days a week and they're here. It's like. That stuff you want to do is you need to do. Your child only likes soccer. They doing that because you making them go. I remember I had a, a a family member that was that was in the same situation, right? They had a they had a son that played football, and you know you know at, at some point the kid played. He played all through high school, da da da. And then when it was time to go to college, he kind of like I don't really want to. His dad, what 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 was kind of like? You really wanted to like do this? I just did it because I wanted to do this for dad, right? And that's what happens sometimes is that sometimes even as a parent, I can look to, for my child. And I say this as a parent to make me whole. And it's like, no, 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 they can't make me whole. I can't live my life through them. I have to nurture them and parent them. And then at some point, I, I, and I know this going to be hard for me, too, because I love my kids. But at some point, I'm going to have to. Now my kids are little now, so they ain't going to want to talk to them. But at some point, I'm going to have to release them and say, you grown. You now got to make your own decisions and your decisions. I might not like your decisions. And I might not agree with every decision because I know my parents didn't agree with everything I did. Once I said, I'm out of here. They were like, well, hey, 
And I know your parents and y'all grown didn't agree with everything you said, mama, daddy, I'm doing this. And they like, well, well are, you, are you probably you sure you want to do that? Are you, you sure? And some of y'all got in arguments about it. Some of y'all didn't talk to your parents for three months because of something you did. And da, da, da. I'm all in there by the Kool-Aid today, Lord. Let me get back to my you know my notes. That's something else over somewhere else. But that's how it is. We have to release them, right? I get way over there. Sometimes we look for in, in very bad things, drugs, alcohol, sex with everybody. And sometimes even it comes out in workaholic tendencies to where we try and fill the void. But I'm going to stay at work all day and not really deal with the issues that I'm facing. And so if we're not careful, we will look for completion in something that is not from God. My family is important, vitally important. My career is important. I know y'all think I work at the church all day. I actually don't. I got a job too. I was at it and all that. Amen. But one day, my God, I'm going to be preaching full time. My bank account is important. Very important. I keep an eye on that thing. I've been looking at that thing all the time. I'm checking expenses, all that. Y'all know, y'all doing the same thing. My spouse is of the utmost importance. My house is important. All of that. But none of that can make me whole. Those things are important, but they cannot make me whole because we've seen so many who have Seemingly nice marriages from the outside. Got a nice car. Ooh, that's a nice business. Why take us? And then, but on the inside, not whole. And we have to find that wholeness in Christ. As I said before, I said this a couple weeks ago that one of the enemy's tactics is to try and convince us that Jesus is not enough. Y'all better hear that. One of his tactics is always to convince us that it's not enough. It's really the Adam effect. Did God say that if you do it his way, it'll turn out? He's saying God's words, God's commands, God's decrees, God's path is not enough. Go ahead and eat the fruit. See, God, what God said, don't eat the fruit. No, no, you need that fruit. That, come on, y'all. This Genesis 1. This Genesis 2, rather. He said, no, you need the fruit. You got, you got to eat the fruit. What God told you, eat everything else, is not enough. You have to eat this too. This will make you whole. This will let you know good from you. This will open up your eyes. Y'all remember that in the back of my I feel like I want to flip over there. Because he told, the serpent told the, no, no, no. I know God gave you all of that to make you whole in him. But that is not enough. You have to eat this tree too. You got to get this too will make you whole. It's the same thing. And the enemy is running the same scheme. He tries to, I should say, run the same schemes on us. To say, I know God gave you all of this, but you, you need this too. You got to have this too, even though he said you don't need that. That's one of the enemy's greatest tactics is to convince us that what God said in Christ is not enough and that we're somehow lacking in Christ. But the Bible says in, in uh, Ephesians chapter 3, verse 19, it says, may you experience the love of Christ that is too great to fully understand. Then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. He says there is fullness of life and power when we begin to know the love of God. So we have to first establish a ground, uh, not a ground level, but a foundation to know I'm complete in Christ. But this is the next thing here is that we have to do. And I like to call it this cut it away because it's killing you. Cut it away because it's killing you. Go down to verse 11. It says, when you came to Christ, you were circumcised, but not by a physical procedure. Christ performed a spiritual circumcision, the cutting away of your sinful nature. You were dead. I'm sorry. Verse 13 says you were dead because of your sins and because your sinful nature was not yet cut away. It says that you were dead. It says he performed this spiritual circumcision, a circumcision. We, we all know what that is. We all adults in here. Amen. We don't need to dig into it. A cutting away, 
cutting away of the skin in a, in a, in a child, in a man child. We all know what that is. But he said this is a spiritual cutting away. And it says when we are united with Christ spiritually, it says the first thing that he cuts away is that nature of sin. Because it's just like uh, I was talking to my wife about this the other day. I saw her. Um, she was there's a plant. Some of you guys have been in the house. There's a plant that sits right there on the table. Right. And my wife and I, neither one of us have no green thumb. I don't know how to grow nothing. I probably could figure it out. But neither one of us are good with plants like that. Amen. She looking down. We both that plant was a beautiful gift from Kimberly. We trying to keep it alive. Jesus. Right. It's still living. But every so often. Archer, my son, she'd be like, man, when was the last time I watered this thing? And we go down there, the leaves are all hanging over, and they're brown, and, you know, they're starting to die, right? And she gets the kids, and they call the plant Frida. That's the name of the plant. They call it Frida. I don't deal with the plant. I be, don't even think about the plant. They keep the plant right. And the other day, maybe like a week ago, Archer's like, once again, she's like, man, I never watered this thing. Like, we got to, you know, and then she's like, man, I think Kimberly told me to cut off the dead, uh, uh, the dead leaves and things like that to try and spark the rest of the growth, right? And so she goes and gets her scissors and she cuts it off. And then you notice like over like next week or so, a few days, and she's done it a couple of times, that, oh man, some green starts to pop up and the dead ones are gone, right? And so I, I read it that this process is, 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 one of this process is called deadheading a plant, where you kind of cut it back and you make it almost kind of uh, go into itself to kind of trick the plant into thinking, wait, I need to like start to produce, right? And so this is kind of what happens was when I thought about that plant and I thought about this cutting away of the dead things. And, and even if you notice another example too, you ever notice, uh, see an example of like a piece of fruit that is rotten and it's sitting close to a fresh piece of fruit. And sure enough, you put that, that, that rotten piece right there and sure enough, within a couple of days, that rotten is on the fresh. That dead, uh, nasty looking apple with the, uh, I ain't going to get graphic enough. That nasty looking apple, I was about to start hey, describing it. Before you know it, that whole fresh red apple is starting to look brown and the mold is rolling up on it. And you're like, this thing was just fresh. But somehow it has attached itself to something that's rotten that is now causing what is fresh fruit, what is fruitful, what is alive to now wither up and die. I said, my God, if that don't preach right there, that's a whole we can stay there for the rest of the day because I begin to think about us. Right. And what he said spiritually, he said, this is what the sin nature was doing to you. He says, while you were trying, because remember the Bible says, it says that no one can keep the law or even basically live righteous in their own strength because of the sin nature. It says that we had an obligation to sin, right? And so what he's saying that when we connect with Christ, he says, I now just like the cutting away of the bad plants, just like the cutting away. Even you see this with people. Sometimes I, I remember a gentleman who had cancer in his leg. They had to amputate the leg to try and save this person. It says that sometimes this is what he's done. He says, in order to save your spirit, man, I first have to cut away that which was causing you to be dead spiritually. And that was first the sin nature. Now, I, I, I begin to think about this because I said it doesn't just apply to the sin nature because a lot of us, most of us, well, you didn't sin after you got saved. When he cuts away the sin nature, he cuts away your obligation to sin. Y'all better hear that. He says, when he cuts away the sin nature and when you connect with Christ, you no longer have to obey the sin nature. You now have the power to say, I will not live in sin that way. I will not walk that direction through the power of God. But there will still come temptation. There will still come things that try to attach themselves to us. And so I begin to examine myself and I begin to ask us, what else do I need to allow God to cut away because it's killing me? 
What else do I need to allow God to cut away? Because it is doing me damage. I'll give you a couple examples. Could my continuous Amazon Prime deliveries be killing my journey to debt freedom? Got a package coming Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, Sunday morning. You got the people in the regular cars. They ain't even in Amazon trucks. They in regular stuff, delivering stuff to your apartment. Could my continuous target runs be killing my retirement plan? I like target, y'all. Could my continuous trips to McDonald's be killing my future with my grandchildren? Because I'm now eating all this unhealthy uh, quarter pounder with cheeseburgers and fries that ain't being processed. It's stuck inside my intestines, right? Could my desire to be offended continuously be killing authentic relationships? I get mad, just cut people off. Don't give them a chance to apologize. Don't know how to apologize. I'm mad. I'm not friends with them. I just cut them off. I just, I just throw people away like it's nothing. Could that be killing an authentic relationship that you could have? Could you be killing off some real friendships that maybe y'all just need to talk about it? Maybe we just need to apologize. Maybe I just need to work on not being offended by everything. Could my comparison of my body to the models on Instagram be killing my self-esteem? Could my continuous viewing of pornography be killing my hopes of true intimacy with my spouse? Could my continuous unforgiving heart with my family be killing generational wealth that God wants to build in my family? But I've decided I don't want to deal with y'all no more. I'm just not going to hold a grudge against grandma forever. Could I be missing out on a generational transfer of, of something special? Could I be missing out on traumas being killed because I won't talk to dad about it? Because I won't talk to mom about it? And these are all things I examine myself. You examine yourself. All of these things that we have to look. And I could name a thousand other things. You know your life. I know my life. We know who we are. But I really want to challenge you. I know that's kind of sometimes maybe hard to hear. But I want to challenge us. It's like it's something and, and even something as simple as we laugh about Amazon, but something as, as bad as, as being unforgiving, holding stuff against people for five years, 10 years. Right. It's a wide spectrum of things. But we begin to say, am I holding on to something that is now killing what God wants to do in my life, killing the vital parts and the vibrant parts of my life? What do I need to cut away that is killing me? And this is the thing, but I want to leave you. I don't, I don't ever want to beat you that make you feel like, but I want you to know this is the thing. So think about this. And I love that song we sang earlier. Thank you, Kimmy, for that. That chains fall, right? When I thought about it, I said, God, if you are able, if you're strong enough to cut away an entire sin nature from mankind, surely you can cut away a bad spending habit. Sure, you can deliver me from unforgiveness. If you're able to, for all of humanity, Say, I, when you come to me, I will cut away the entirety of your obligation to sin as a whole. Surely he is able to come into my heart and cause me and cut away bitterness and cut away addiction and cut away lust and cut away pride and cut away lying. Surely he's able to do that. Because the Bible says this, it says in Romans, it says the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. If he's able to get Jesus up out the grave. Surely he's able to set me free. If he's able to get Jesus from dead to alive again, surely he is able to bring me out of a place to where I'm not bound by low self-esteem, where I'm not bound by anxiety, where I'm not stuck in depression for 10 years. Surely he is able to do that. And that's the thing is that, that, that the cutting away sometimes is hard, sometimes it's tough, but we have to know that there is hope in that. 
Because as always, if he's willing to cut away, that means that now, wait, I love you. I'm concerned about you and I'm willing to deal with you in our cuttings for a moment because the enemy would love to cut you to kill you. Come on. All of his cuts, they not coming to woo. They not coming to just, ah, let me just, no, no, no. Every cut that the enemy wants to slice with, every knife that he comes with, he said, this is coming. The Bible says in, in John 10, 10, it says the enemy comes to steal, kill and destroy. His end goal is only death for me. He says he's coming to kill. He's cutting to kill. But God is like, I'm cutting to keep you. I'm cutting to transform you. I'm cutting to make you more like Christ. I'm cutting. This is, and God does math different ways because he says, I'm actually cutting you to make you whole. Now, see, we think cutting is just, uh, I'm slicing you in half. I'm diminishing. He says, no, no, it's just like the plant. He says, I'm, let me cut off the dead that will cause you now to grow even more. He says, I prune and I, I cut every, every branch in me that doesn't bear fruit. He says, I prune that thing. He says, if you allow me every branch in you that's not bearing fruit, he says, let me begin to deal with that. Because he says, I, 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 I'm coming with the slicing, but I'm not coming to take you out. He says, I am cutting to actually make you whole. And what we have to do is we have to allow that to happen. We have to go into wherever your, your secret place is, wherever it is you spend time with God, wherever it is you go before him, you say, God, deliver me. God, show me. And just like the psalmist says, he says, show me if there be any wicked way in me. He said, he said, let the words of my mouth, let the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight. God, try. he said, try me. Good God. Y'all better hear. He said, try me and see if there's something wicked in me. He said, try me. Show me where the places are where I'm missing it. Show me where the places are where I'm jacked up. Show me. He says, we have to begin to go into our secret closet and say, God, show me. Show me where it is that I have have a grip on something that is slowly killing me. Not killing me fast. Not killing me this weekend. But it's going to end up in death in 20 years. And it may not be a physical. Maybe it's a death of my marriage. Maybe it's a death of my financial situation. And now I'm struggling. I'm 77 and still can't pay my bills. Maybe it's a death of my relationship. With my, maybe it's a death in my, even in my health. Now I got health problems my entire second half of my life because of what I'm doing now at 33. Show me where I have attached myself to the rotten fruit. God Almighty, show me where the rotten fruit is now. It's trickling up my arm. It's trickling up my vein. It's, it's, and, I, and I'm still saying, no, I got to keep it. I, I got to hold on to this. I, I can't quite. It's, 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 show me where it's, where it's going up and it's trickling up and it's rotten in my life. And I'll just preach to myself. I ain't looking at y'all. I'm preaching to my own self. God, show me where it's, it's I'm, I'm gripping it too hard. And it's, and it's making my heart rotten. And it's making my mind rotten. And it's making my relationship rotten. God, show me. Don't show, don't not do my else. I ain't looking at nobody. Show me. Show Corey. Show Marquise. And you say God for you. Show uh, Omalade. Show Daniel. Show Jeff. Show us. And I want y'all to take, take that home. If you don't take nothing else today. I feel like I ain't got to say nothing else on it. If you don't take nothing else today, God, show me. And, and, allow, and it's the thing. Allow him when he shows you. Know that there's grace because he don't show things just to just to make you feel bad or you do the worst. Ever. Uh, uh. He says, I'm showing you so that you can repent. I'm showing you so we can. All right. Let me do the cutting. 
Let me repent. Let me turn away. Let me say, okay, God. I mean, and, and the thing is, sometimes it ain't even showing us. You, some, of, some of us like, God, I already know. I ain't even got to pray about that. Gee, I already know what the problem Some of us already know. We got three things in our mind. Lord, I, why he got to say that today? I didn't want to hear that. Some of us already know. But there's grace for all of us to say, man, we can come to him. And when he brings it up, or if we already know, let's take this as a moment to say, you know what, God? I let go of that. Or God, do a work in that area. Show me how to be better here. Show me how to talk to this person. Show me how to handle this situation. Show me how to move at this job. I've been, I've been, I've been, I've been doing too much. I've been, I've been being a bad employee, right? Well, show me how to talk to my kids. Show me how to, how to, how to have self-control. Show me how to not spend everything I get and the whole check gone before the end of the, show me God. Show me. And that's our prayer today to allow him to do the cutting because as we said earlier, his cuts are not to kill us. His cuts are not to, 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 to wound us in a place to where we can't get up. But he says, my cuts are to make you whole, are to transform you, and are to make you more like Christ. Amen? Amen. Amen. I pray you all receive that today. I had more to say, but I think that's a good place to stop right there. Enough said right there is that we would allow him to do the cutting. And, that we would, and, and I, I want to leave you with this. I want to leave you with this because I don't want you to take this and feel like you're the worst of the worst. Uh-uh. I, I just don't believe in that type of ministry. Beating people down is where they feel like, uh-uh, we're not doing that here. What we do is we deal in truth and say, you know what, God, show us. Hey, it is some stuff in me, but know that there's grace for us. That when we come to him, that when we come to him, there's grace. So don't leave this place feeling like you beat down and uh-uh. No, we all from the front to the back. From the, the old saints would say, from the pulpit to the door. Got stuff that we need to say, God, cut it away. So we all going to do some examination, myself included, to say, God, show me. And we all going to say, you know what, God? I repent for holding on to anything that's been slowly poisoning me. That you are desiring to swipe and cut away. Amen? Amen. Amen. Come on, let's bow our heads and let's pray.